This episode of Two Fit Crazies and a Microphone Podcast is brought to you by Conti Fitness and Wellness. The best in fitness, wellness, public speaking, health coaching, and more. Find out promo codes and information at contifitness.net. This episode is also brought to you by High Five Health and Fitness. Create positive change in your life with online health coaching from High Five Health and Fitness. High Five Health and Fitness.com. And finally, do you want the most optimal health? and improved performance in your life, check out Vox Life. They are a company that reduces pain, increases strength, endurance, increases stability, balance, and enhances reins of motion, provides for faster reaction times. Check out all the promo codes for insoles, socks, you name it, at twofitcrazies.com. It is Christine Conti. And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are two fit crazy. And the microphone. We are where it's at. Brian just got me all riled up. And then he hits the like live hot mic button. <laughs> and then I have to like... I start her up. It's like a leaf blower. <laughs> a leaf blower? <laughs> hot mics. Get Conti riled up. And then she just, she just blows her stack deep breath here (laughs) seriously we're good we're totally good (laughs) well it's okay because we got riled up in episode 70 appropriate um where we were coming back we did this can you believe this already like i'm like yeah remember last year when we talked about the holidays like it's already been a year it's nuts. It's been right? over a year, yeah. Well, I know. We're but, 70 deep. But now we're like, hey, we're over 70. This like, is 71. Yeah. I am excited for 100. 100's going to come before you know it. And I'm like, I'm throwing a party, a balloon, <laughs> and a hat. Even though Brian's like, I'm too good for a hat in the last episode. I'm not wearing blah, blah, blah on my birthday. Remember? What? Last episode, I was like, no, we're going to get up. Well, I'm going to get balloons and whatnot when we run at the, you know, for yeah. your birthday. And you're like, I'm not it's into not that. I'm... And I'm like, all right, Grinch. It's not that I'm too good for it. It's just that that's then you're gonna that's wear a it. little much, then don't you think? No, then you wear the damn freaking hat that I'm going to bring for you, and you're going to like it. Period. The end. <laughs> Is this our first fight on air? <laughs> I will wear a hat. You're, you're going to have to look at it just like I have to look at your mustache all oh, November. Oh, oh. Men's health, though. Men's health. That's right. Only give it up. men's health. We'll give it up. Give it up for the colon. Go get it checked. I think by the time this one airs, the mustache might be gone. It's That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you'll have a, you know, have a... <laughs> I only speak the truth. Your wife will be a little bit happy. Yes. But, see? Yeah. I'm not okay. going to imitate her voice because she really doesn't speak the way that I imitate her. Look how I imitate my mom. Yeah. Christine, yeah. guess how much these pants were. You look like Freddie Mercury. <laughs> she doesn't sound like that. <laughs> Christine, guess how many were on sale at Nordstrom's Rack. <laughs> I've I met don't your know, mother. mom, she like does. ten dollars? Lower. They're like nine? Lower. They were like three ninety nine. It's as if she's like, you know It's like a, this yeah, old woman from Marge Brooklyn Simpson's who's, sisters. Who smokes yeah, lots of she's and has never smoked in her life or anything like that. She but, doesn't sound like that. No, but that's my that's what it sounds like in my head. I've met Carol. Like when you're she's lovely. Wah, wah, wah. Like yeah, Charlie Brown yeah, has yeah, that. Yeah. I have the Christine. I got another bag of clothes for your kids at the thrift shop. It was a dollar for everything last week. Wait, it was a dollar for a whole bag. A whole bag of whatever you wanted. It was a dollar. 
I give everything a voice. Yeah. I give everything a voice. Like, everybody has a voice, and uh-huh. it sounds nothing like what they actually sound right. like. And now my, my, my youngest, the five-year-old, is like, you know, my, he gives my wife a voice. You know, he, he like, this sounds nothing like her, but, you know, he's in a way mocking her. And she just looks at me like, this is you. You did this. You know, where she's like, this is you. You did this. She sounds nothing like that. I love my wife. Oh, that's bad. Well, maybe you need to shave that mustache day okay. earlier. Okay. Okay. Onward and upward here on the Two Fit Crazies okay, in a so Microphone podcast. Needless to say, um, we're riled up because, yeah, episode 70 was great because we were getting back to, and you know, don't take it the wrong way, but we were talking about peace, love, joy. Were the, was that the order? Yeah. Peace, love, and joy. Peace, love, and joy. Except? For the self-proclaimed guru, and the internet, the, yeah. the self-proclaimed internet experts, or television. It was really, it was really a funky mix the other day. It was like, it was like we had a Christmas party and then someone got into the eggnog. Right, that's fine. <laughs> I don't, I hate eggnog. By the way, just to throw that out there, it's disgusting. Eggnog it's... Mile. You ready for this? Oh God. The egg, the eggnog mile, is where you run a lap on the track, or you chug a glass of eggnog, you run a lap on the track. And then you chug another glass each mm-hmm. lap, right. and you run as fast as you can, and usually there's vomiting. Well, the, the it's disgusting. That was the, disgusting. Well, when I was in college, my yeah. roommate was was cross country. She was a runner. You yeah. run all year. Chocolate milk. And it was they the had milk mile. Or... Well, no, it was initiation was the beer mm-hmm. every every mile. And beer I'm, miles I'm huge. Not they actually have a world. They have a yeah. world championship. But they would run and run and run and run and run. I mean, they would on the track so every lap would be yes. chug a beer and then until you vomit it I mean like who does this and then there was like the naked mile like there was all these little like things you didn't know about that they did in the middle of the night throughout the year but those are the two yeah. I remember I'm like you do what? You Runners. Poop? Yeah what's wrong with that? We're different. Yeah special very spe- <laughs> smart people but very special yes Um, speaking of special so we went and we talked about tackling the holidays again and we also we're just trying to remind everyone that there's people out there. Again, what's the purpose of the podcast? Unbiased information. We're not telling you you have to eat only plants or kale or only run or only do this. Please make sure that every single thing you hear, especially in the holidays, yes, you can live without this. Yes, you can live without this. There's things that you don't have to do that people will say, you have to do this or else, or, or else what? If it doesn't work for you, or you're listening to, you know, infomercials or people that are like not in the know. Please don't feel that you have to do something and then feel bad about yourself because you don't do it. The people that know everything that you need to know, all the information and the secrets, it's just a one-stop shopping. You know, those are those are good people to avoid. I think. I mean, it, I, you know, the, the people that have it all figured out, I got a secret for you. They really God. don't have it all figured out. And you know what the best is? Is that Brian and I, we're just honest. We don't have everything figured out. I told you, my favorite answer is, I don't know, but let me, let's, let's figure it out. Let's find out. Or let's right? find out the best possible right? thing to think about that might work. Yeah. And it might not. But and or it, yeah. experiments one, right? Right, 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 right. I mean, that's it. I actually, I didn't, did you even notice? Did you see I'm all taped? Did you see this? Ah, I, I didn't been, notice. Speaking of experiment one, I've been going to the chiropractor and working on some things. I fell really bad last year on my shoulder in February and 
it probably really hurt, but I had an Ironman in six months and I was not <laughs> going to have surgery or anything. So I just kind of rehabbed knowing myself. I had surgery on my other shoulder when I was younger. Um, and you know, I've been working through a lot of stuff was going on with my neck, my hip, my this, my that on my left side. And they're like, so I've actually been doing a lot better. Putting Humpty back together again. Everything has been, been working on it. So I've been, you know, being taped. Like I said, it's all this different, you know, different manipulations and, um, I would say worth a try. Yeah, everything's oh, absolutely worth a try. In, in you know, you know, just about everything. Just about everything. That's yeah. where I'm going with that. So, speaking of trying, we're going to transition into this today. <laughs> try and, and get to what we're supposed to. We're do trying today. to get to what we're doing today, <laughs> and it's episode 71. And we have he was awesome, Drake. Drake Susrall. Susrall was with us from Chicago, and I actually met him. Because he came to Podcasting 101, Creating Your Own Platform, when I was presenting in Chicago a few months ago. And uh, Brian is really At the SCW Mania. Yeah. Which Brian is actually going to be at the next time I present uh, the podcast in New York That's City right. in February. I am pumped. We're bringing it to that you. That you're going to be there. Live. Oh my gosh. We'll be together for that. Um, Sit your ass down. We'll talk about that. February 2019, we're going to be together for that in New York City. But he was at... Chicago when I presented and was talking to me about his his personal training business and what he's doing and you know creating his own platform um, and I thought it was very interesting and we brought him on and he talked about how he is trying to help people in a different way that you don't normally hear about um, so go ahead Brian so yeah I mean what he's doing is he's helping other personal trainers and and people you know just dipping into the industry uh, he's helping them find their way, which I think is, you know, is very unique um, in a sense. You know, yeah, you can get you can get certified and then, you know, then you can walk up with a resume and you can, um, you know, maybe be hired by this gym or that. But what he's just really trying to help other trainers do is uh, is find their way using his experiences right. and, you know, the ups and the downs. Right. Um, you know, like I always say with my children, you don't have to make the mistakes. I already made them for you. Right. You know, we can kind of, uh, you know, work our way into it. And, um, you know, and, and just he's got a unique perspective on it. You know, do you go with the big box versus not going with the big box? How do you get away? How do you retain clients? How do you, um, you know, uh, develop, a, a, you know, a good source of, of, of income and keep it? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what works best you know everybody's philosophies on training is different i know even just you and i sitting across from each other right now we have different philosophies when it comes to the way that we train um and his is and you know okay. probably even more yeah. exactly and you know so it's just um you know it it's something that's that's needed and i think that it's a unique look at you know a person who's really using his experience to help other people in our industry right and uh He's, it, it was it was very it was very good you know he's got some unique perspective and some things and he shared just about everything including what didn't work which was interesting and uh, I just you know it was it was it was a good time and we had, we were grateful for having him on I love it and for those of you that are not personal trainers that you're in Group X or you're just a fitness professional or you know maybe you're just certified in one thing as a hobby it's interesting to hear how to go about finding people that may believe in your passion or your program, something along those lines that I, I think it really has a wide reach and it's something to be something to take a look at. So you are going to enjoy the Drake Sus Roll. That's right. Episode seventy one, Two Fit Crazies in a Microphone Podcast. Coming at ya. Peace. 
Peace. Christine Conti. And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are Two Fit Crazies. And the microphone. We are where it's at. Brian, how are you doing today? I'm really good. We are where it's at. That is true. No, I'm where it's at. How are you feeling, by the way? Were you feeling like you had a little dip after your run, and now are you energized yeah, again, or what? that's common, right? You know, you do something big, and then there's a little, like, uh, uh, hangover, I guess. Yeah. I haven't had a hangover in a long time, but, you know, it's uh, it, it's something something along those those lines. You know, you... I, I've been back in the gym, definitely, you know, getting back in the swing of things, more so in the gym than, than running. I always do that, right? Like, yeah. I always kind of just put running aside, and then I'll come back, and I'll do more stuff in the gym. And, um, you know, I didn't lose fitness, but right. I, uh, but you just kind of don't feel like, you know... You lose a, a little strength. A workout that I would have done, you know, three, yeah. four weeks ago, like, as a layup, is just a little bit more difficult now. Right. And, you know, it's just like, you know, it's just like tired. Ask me, ask me what I was looking up last night. What were you looking up last night? I was looking up the the most friendly hundred mile races in the United States. Well, I got a. <laughs> that's a nice one. Is that not ironic though? The most friendly. Yeah. I was like, what's the easiest or like the the, the yeah friendly? The the you know the intro to hundred mile running. I'm like, all right, what is wrong? Well, with- I got sent a link to a hundred k. That is in like June in Pennsylvania somewhere, and it's like uh, our friend John Bayonne sent it over to me, mm-hmm. and it was uh, you know uh, twelve thousand feet of elevation throughout, and it's no, re- no, no, no. He can't do that because he turned me down about doing a hundred miler. He's like, it's not in my vision board. This no, it's hundred k, so it's only sixty two miles. It doesn't Come matter. On, let's not go crazy. He could do that other. <laughs> So here's here's his advice though. When he sends me the message, you should email the race director because um, there's a prerequisite of at least a 50k that you have to do leading up to this, and they like they probably won't accept you unless you don't. But you should ask for a, you know a, a, an exception to that, and give them your most recent marathon time, and you'll probably be okay with it. Like, dude, freaking, am I eating? Like, I am I signing? John. I love John Bayo. Am, am I signing the waiver to eat the hot wings here? Like, what the hell? So that was great. Yeah, well, uh, you know what? It, it, the gears are starting to turn. You know, we got Boston not too long, kid. We got to get some. Sh- we got to get our shit together. I know that's true. We're fine. All We're right. good. We're good. What are we doing today? We are actually. I'm excited. We talked last week about um, getting ready for the holidays, and what did we? What did we call it? It was. Peace on earth, goodwill to men, except for the self-proclaimed guru. And experts, yeah. Because we wanted to make sure that we give you guys unbiased information. And that's the whole purpose for this. That, you know, we can roll out different ideas about fitness, about nutrition, about what to do. But we're not telling you. We're not taking an idea and shoving it down your throat and saying, like, you must drink this protein shake and you must go out and run. No. You must do what's best for you. And gone are the days where you should listen to one thing. It's not going to work 
do what's best for you. And that was really our message. And it was, you know, really tackling the holidays is what we talked about. Again, last year we did an episode about, you know, surviving the holidays. Brian talked about the Bermuda Triangle, Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's. And I think that today is a really great, I think we're going to get a really great perspective and you're really going to love the guests that we have that we're bringing on today. Um, his name is Drake and he is amazing. He is from the Chicago area and he's actually going to talk today a little bit about personal training and getting into, you know, kind of breaking into personal training and what you need to do. And, um, you know, I know Brian and I, we've talked a lot about finding trainers and what you should ask them. And, and I think it's important, um, for all of us, you know, fitness professionals out there to know what goes into being a, a successful personal trainer. Right. I agree. I agree. And, uh, and Drake's on the line with us. So here and, and, uh, Drake's an impressive dude. He's, uh, he's built like a mountain and, uh, <laughs> right, Drake. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. I, I do try. <laughs> So, uh, coming to us from Chicago, tell us uh, who you're working for, what are you doing, what's on your plate right now? All right, very cool. Uh, yeah, I'm actually talking to you guys from my car. <laughs> I just got done training six clients. I was in the gym from 6 a.m. till noon. Um, so, yeah, I'm here to talk to you a little bit about my company and just what I do and what I did these past three years to maybe help other personal trainers out there that, you know, might be getting a little bit of a trouble finding more of like a local following. Awesome. Drake, where did you go to school now? I started at Oakton and then I finished at Northeastern and then I got my bachelor's of science in health and wellness. Awesome. Did you? And, uh, and, and then from there I was working at Trader Joe's and I was like, I could stay here and, you know, have a career or whatever. I could take that jump and I made the jump. We've all and, made that. Uh, we've all made that jump. It's a familiar spot for us. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't have it any other way. But uh, there, you know, it was, it was definitely like you know a rough road. And uh, I think there are a lot of trainers out there that are traveling down the same road, and they're like, "Man, like, what's going on?" I'm reading about all these trainers, like, you know, emailing people on the beach, and you know, setting up programs that way. But you know. It's so far away. I'm more about just kind of creating a local following, you know, working with what's, what's, with what's around you, basically. So now how did you, what was your love? What drew you into, into fitness? What was the, you know, was it always like that growing up? Or, you know, not everyone majors in health and wellness and fitness anymore, you know? No, yeah, I mean, it was, you know, uh, it was another jump. I was, uh, I was a skateboarder pretty much all through high school. And I was just kind of really focused on that. And, uh, you know, I picked it up maybe like a little bit after graduating. And then I just, I got bit by the bug and then I knew what I wanted to go into school for. So I just jumped into kinesiology and then uh, I finished up in health and wellness because I wanted to finish at a closer school so I could still, you know, work my job and do everything. So I ended up doing that. And uh, what created the love, I mean, it really started kind of as a clump of coal, and I, I polished it into a diamond. You know, I know I wanted to, like, own a gym 
And then I wanted to be a personal trainer, but I just didn't know at what capacity I wanted to do it at. So now that I kind of started doing it for a few more years, I, I have a better idea. Now what, now, what was it about personal training, though, that I know a lot of people just say, hey, you know what, I want to just train people. Or people like to work out, and they're like, yeah, I should just train people so I can get a free membership or this or that. What, you know, what set you apart, I guess? What sets you apart from just you know, the average person. Cause you were like, Oh, I want to own a gym. That's, that's not what every trainer thinks. So what's, where did that come from? Um, you know, I just, it's just my obsessive nature, I guess. I, I started lifting weights and I think within four years of lifting weights, I was like already on, you know, a bodybuilding, you know, competing in bodybuilding. And so I was definitely driving really, really fast, you know, really thinking hard on where my focus was personal training. It kind of just, gravitated it towards me because by the time I got done with college there was already kind of all sorts of people coming up to me wanting me to like write their training programs wanting me to write their diets and then you know I outreached to another local personal trainer in Chicago and I was like hey you know I guess you know um I think this could work out for me and you know he really shaped helped me shape my own niche and get my own thing going and now I kind of want to help other personal trainers do that same thing, just pretty much all over the nation. So that's interesting. Now that's something that you're actively doing. You're you're uh, you're kind of mentoring uh, other personal trainers and, and getting getting them to uh, you know their their programs established like you've done. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's it's a side project to my, pretty much the business I'm doing right now. I'm uh, you know still currently training you know about thirty different clients. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm always thinking about the next step and, you know, I, I did figure out that I wanted this step to be the next one. So yeah, I really want to, you know, try and get the show to maybe get in line with, with some other personal trainers that, you know, are going through that rougher road and maybe if I can help them out of it, um, you know, it would be kind of a greater good and I would get known for, you know, helping people out and helping them shape their niche pretty much. Yeah, you know it is it is a, a, a tightrope for most. Like, right? You, you um, we always say, Christine and I always say, like, no one really gets into training, you know, a personal training or, or you know, group fitness or whatever, um, you know, to to become a millionaire, right? You're gonna say, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna make a million dollars. You know, you do it; it's a labor of love. And yeah, and- yeah, no, it truly is. I mean, I even where I am right now, I never thought it it would get to this point, but you know, I I just, I I keep wanting more and I keep wanting to help more people. And, you know, I'm really out there to kind of change the fitness community. And, you know, in order to make a change, I really want to, you know, help people's lives and make them realize that, you know, personal training was a great industry to get into. I, I have no regrets whatsoever. So I really want to help other people, you know, realize that because fitness is a great thing. It's probably, you know, it's keeping a lot of lives together, so it, it really is a beautiful thing. You know what I think is interesting? That um, they had said over the years, in the last, I believe, 30 years or something like that, the personal, tra- or even the last 20 years, the amount of personal trainers has, like, you know, increased by 80% or something. Yet oh, it's the, crazy. Yet the number of people that are unhealthy and on medications and things like that has also skyrocketed. It's like three where times you, the number right, of Where increase. you think that, you know, we have so many more, you know, fitness professionals and whatnot. You'd think that more people would be using them. You'd think that more people would, you know, you're going into this industry. Where's the disconnect here? That's what I'm hearing right now. That's what I'm kind of sitting back and thinking. 
because Drake, what you're what you're doing is kind of helping other people get out there and start training people. And I think that this is a this is a question I think that all of us struggle with. We have, you know, we've got all these degrees, we've got all this experience, we have all this passion and inspiration to share. How the hell do we get our message out? I know Brian and I started the podcast, obviously, to to get to to help this. Um, But like with what you're doing, are you seeing a lot of, you know, stagnation as well with trainers where, you know, they're coming out and they're like, so, you know, so how do you get Absolutely. I mean, um, you know, there's a big type of you have to walk in a big box gym because, um, you know, to stay certified, you have to keep getting new certifications. And because when you get new certifications, that means you are now more specialized within the gym you work at. So now your, your manager says just forced you to increase your prices because of these specializations. So even though you could have a book of client, because you got more educated, you kind of have to tell your clients, hey, I got a certification. I got to increase your price on 10 bucks an hour. So it really doesn't, you know, it benefits you, but at the same time, it doesn't benefit you at the place you work at. Now, what is your feel? Then, Go ahead. And, and then with, you know, you did break out and you are an independent trainer. Independent trainers, I mean, there's so many of them out there that are independent, but they haven't recertified probably within four years after getting their, their original certification. So, I mean, there is that duty that you do have to keep getting more educated, but, I mean, you shouldn't be punished in a sense by a gym in order to do that. And that's what I think really think is one of the, the great things about going independent is that you can keep educating yourself. You can set the rules with your clients and what, you know, what your business plan should be. I am curious as to your feeling on if someone comes out of whether, I mean, I'm, would love it if every personal trainer had a degree in fitness, but that's not realistic. I mean, we go out and we get, you know, a lot of life experience, whether you're an athlete growing up and you work with trainers and you get certified under, you know, whether it's FAs, NASM, name it, you know, on and on and on. Now, what, what is your feel on you're going out? Do you think that the trainer that's first starting should go into a box gym, should go into like a corporate to get experience, to maybe figure out who they are as a trainer before going out on their own, own like, you know, personal clients. Yes, yes, I really do think they should. I mean, I, I started out in, you know, a smaller box gym, not a bigger box gym. But, yeah, it definitely does teach you those animal instincts of personal training, you know, the sales end, end of it. And then as well as the retention end of it and the salesman portion of it. And then also, you know, the customer service portion of it. I mean, if you have no um, retail experience, like you never had a Joe job during college where you're you're having to make sandwiches or something like Mm -hmm. that. But, you know, um, if if you definitely lack retail experience, I think there would be no no shame or no uh, no harm in getting a job for your, maybe your first six months at a gym, maybe to a year, just to see way, the way the real the wheels roll and the way everything really works. So now going forward, what what do you see is the biggest, I guess the biggest obstacle in front of personal trainers? I mean, I would even say group fitness because I would even throw them in with with personal trainers sometimes 
Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, and, and group fitness is sometimes the way to go. I mean, that's like the way to build your clientele is through group fitness. I mean, you're just seeing more faces, right? Right. Even yes. even with yes. my even with my 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 clients that I you know personal training clients, I put them in groups. It's easier for me, right? I, you know, I have, I can I can see them you know mostly in one, especially if they're you know similar. Um, they appreciate it. Uh, you know, they like the camaraderie of a group and a tribe, you know, like a little small, small group aspect to it, you know, so absolutely, I, yeah. I mean, that, that, that works very well, uh, as well as in like a, a less populated area. Like, let's say I wasn't in Chicago, I wasn't 15 minutes away. I was more in like a rural area like Kankakee where it's not as populated. They don't have that higher up income of people that would, could hire a personal trainer three times a week. So in that aspect, I would probably, you know, start a group on or something like that for small group training. And that way, yeah, you wouldn't get those, you know, three times a week people, but you would get a flock of people that are willing to give you $20 per their small group class. And you could just really make, you know, a name for yourself that way. Absolutely. But um, going back to Christina's question about what's the number one obstacle of a personal trainer who's in a box gym and... They don't know what the next step is. You know, they're they're afraid to move out because they they're not sure what's going to happen on the outside once they get there. So I mean, the number one obstacle is you know that the trainer has a book of clients. The gym is taking you know seventy percent of of the money, and they're but yet they're too afraid to move out into an independent you know personal style gym and make more for themselves because. You know, they're not sure how many people are going to follow them. You know, the ones that do follow, how are going to get more through the door and create more of a following locally that way? Or, you know, um, how they are going to just adapt to that. To that. And I think what, you know, what I want to put out there is the information of, hey, it's, it's really not so bad. You can get past it if you just put in the work and, you know, try the things that I tried and worked for me and then try to not try the things that haven't worked for me, basically, because, you know, when I was out there on myself, I, I pretty much did everything. I put ads in newspapers, ads in church pamphlets. I did farmer's markets, and, you know, I, I definitely have a good sense of how well these things work. Now, do you think it's really, is it really 70% that the gyms are taking? I'm sorry, even before we go back to this. <laughs> is it really 70, about 70% that they're taking now? If, as a yeah, personal trainer, yeah, yes, it's outrageous. See, I mean, they're they're taking fifty. Uh, I think no matter what, and then you know after the taxes, you're pretty much left with you know thirty percent. I have always I mean. told, and I'm really sorry, box gyms. I have always been on you know group fitness. I kind of did that. I would do small group training sometimes at a gym, and I refused my entire life ever do personal training at a gym to this day to this day <laughs> i said if you and i say this to people very honestly i said listen i you know they'd say will you you know will you train me or this i said i will not train you in a gym i do not work in gyms I said if you if you want me to train you i will train you outside of the gym whether you know my own little studio in my house or meet somewhere or whatever or i have places that i can use um i said because if you love your trainer and they're really good pay the trainer don't pay someone else Whereas, you know, you're paying 70 bucks to the gym and then, and the trainer's getting like 20. I'm like, it, you know, yeah. again, you just mentioned about all of the certifications. Now, 
no offense, but um, the group fitness and usually your personal trainers were paying for these continuing education credits. If you're yes. lucky, maybe you get some help from, you know, some of the, if you, if you are working for a gym occasionally, you might get some help, but most like most of the time, you know, it's a couple hundred bucks a year, I would say at least. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And then once you get the certification, they tell you, okay, now that you're more educated, um, you're at a hundred dollars an hour. Now you got to charge your clients $120 an hour. And you know, that, that really doesn't go well, all too well. Most of the time, you know, no one likes finding out they're getting, you know, charge $20 an hour essentially for, you know, the same service done by the same person. I'm going to take it another step further and say, what about the areas where they're only charged $35 an hour for their personal training, right? And now the trainer's making $12 an hour training a person. I mean, and this is real. I mean, we're talking all over the United States. These numbers, you know, um, our listeners right now, I want you to hear this because you're in New York City, you're in LA, you know, Chicago, Chicago. certain areas, right? Um, I mean, even the Jersey Shore where we are, there are personal yeah. trainers that, you know, make 200 plus an hour, it, depending yes. on where you are. And that is according yes. to where you live, what they're working with, who the trainer is. Um, and, and demand. And demand, exactly. Yes. But there are places in the United States and even in New Jersey, around Chicago, in New York and certain areas where someone's paying them $25 an hour and that's the going rate and you can't walk in and, and I've had this happen before. People have said, Hey, Christine, I'm going to, you know, what you're charging is a little bit too much. Is there a better deal? And I say, I'm really sorry, but you have to, I I cannot come down. This is my full-time job. You have to, you don't tell, you know, the doctor, I'm sorry. Can you give me like the lesser version of the brain (laughs) surgery? Cause I, that's not how life works. There's no negotiation. There's nothing like in no other field. Is there, uh, you know, or anything, you don't go to the grocery store, the gas station, the tire store or whatever, you know, Christmas shopping. And you're not like, Hey, Amazon, listen, you know, like, you know, I know that you're good on Amazon. <laughs> you know, and and it's and it and it just gets to to the situation where you know definitely just know your worth and and know what what you are comfortable you know what you're what you're charging people for and the product that you're giving them and um you know I I've always took taken the old sa- sales adage um, that you know if you if everybody's saying yes to your price you're not priced high enough. And and if you know and if and if everyone is saying yes, then you know then then there's nothing wrong with increasing it. Perhaps grandfathering some people in as you go, you know, to keep uh, to keep uh, the prices and, and the and the flow going, you know, for sure. One thing that I that I um, you know thought of Drake is that you know the the big box gyms, the relationships are very you know it's like almost like a a casino like you know like like strong arm mafia situation where you're giving all the money yeah. you know it's, it's like a pimp yeah. you're like a it's like a you know I knew that was coming you, Brian. you did you know I was going pimp and hoe okay right. so uh, but you know one of the things that really helps is is to establish good relationships within the industry with maybe some of these smaller boutique gyms that offer the same you know really nice spaces. Uh, you know, nice spaces with, with, you know, equipment that, that can be used and things like that where, you know, they're happy to kind of fill those off hours when no one might be in the gym, um, you know, as opposed to like a turnstile gym where, you know, they just you want to get as many people in there. Actually, they don't even want the people in there. They just want them to pay. 
Um, yeah, they, they just want the money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, that's always something that I suggested to people. It's like, you know, establish a relationship with a gym that maybe has, you know, a, a 6, 7, and 9 a.m. class in the morning and then, you know, maybe a noon class and, a, you know, an, an evening class is, you know, surrounding. Well, there might be, you know, the class might be the only thing going on in the gym during those times. But there is, you know, like an hour here and an hour there and an hour afterwards where you can feel they're really happy. If not, they're going to shut the doors and the doors are, you know, the lights are dark. Um, they're happy to make some money there. You might get a bit, you know, a better split from from that negotiating and just, you know, being friendly with them. Might even get a gym membership out of it, you know, something like that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, out of my experience, I've walked up to a, bar, a handful of, you know, um, smaller private gyms and. I've never gotten shut down where they said, you know, I don't want your clients here. So, you know, um, more than likely nine out of ten of the times, if a trainer has clients, they can go to a nearby gym, talk to the owner there, and then say, hey, I got a book of clients really nearby. Can I bring them over here and, you know, make more for myself? And then in, in return, you know, the owner of the gym makes more makes more, and you know, everyone is really happy. It's really, you know, um, a win-win situation. And, yeah, what I really want to do is, you know, get in connection with those people and, you know, facilitate just a better better transition because they're go- there's going to be a lot of worry. They're going to pull those clients to that gym, and, you know, they might, they might flourish for six months, maybe two a year, but what happens with the 10 clients they came with, all of a sudden it's down to eight, then it's down to six, and then you're down to four, and you're kind of just left going like, okay, I have four people, and now I can't even go back to the gym I originally started at. So it kind of puts uh, you in a really scary, scary position. But um, you know, there are a lot of things you can do to make sure that that wheel keeps spinning and that people keep on coming to your door. So what are without giving away all your secrets, Drake? Give us some things that you know, some tidbits we could give to all of the, you know, personal trainers, the group X, the people that are really starting to say, I want to do this and I, I want to be more involved, but I'm afraid I'm not going to get the people. Yeah. And again, I, I've fallen on my face multiple times organizing yes. things and it's just, it's okay. And sometimes it's the time of year. It could be, you know, maybe you're just not reaching the right people. Maybe it's not a program people are interested in. So the demographics not, not there. So what have you found that's kind of helpful? Um, what I found is, you know, um, every client is not going to be a transformation client. You know, there's going to be a lot of clients that come up to you and they're going to be like, I just got back from the doctor. The blood pressure is really high and cholesterol is, you know, all out of whack. I just want to get those things under control with, you know, more of a healthy exercise and lifestyle. And so that person, I mean, you're going to, you know, you're going to drastically change your life, but then in a before and after picture, you know, everyone looking from the outside in is going to be like, what's going on? So I would say take any accomplishments and make it public, and if you have a picture of it, even better. But if you can't get that at all, I would say reviews are the number one thing that are going to make your business go around and around and around, is that um, if you put some kind of special out there, you know, even if the client doesn't follow up with whatever you're trying to sell, you know, treat them and give them an awesome experience so they go on whatever platform you're on, leave your review for, you know, thousands of other people to see, and that way other people see it, they get the deal, and then they stick. 
And so um, I really do believe in reviews, whether you're setting up a business page on Facebook or you're on Etsy or anything. If you can get a strong, strong stream of reviews behind whatever platform you're on, it's always going to do wonderful things for you. Awesome. On the flip side, all right, what have you seen has just bombed. What are some things that you're, I mean, these are the good stories, you know, where you know <laughs> people either come to you or you've been through the advertisement on the placemat at the diner. And you're like, Oh my God, don't, <laughs> don't do that. Oh. <laughs> um, I, I went to, I mean, I did a farmer's market without actually going to the farmer's market first. So I was going to say, I was going to say, um, you know, if you're going to do a farmer's market, make sure you go to the farmer's market first, because I went to this one, I was out there from 7 to noon, and it was maybe 50 people walking around the whole day, and I was just pretty much out there. You know, I, I had these nice, you know, um, banners made for my table, I had these uh, handout giveaways, I was given free water because it was a hot day, I, I was just all set up, so I would say make sure if uh, you're going to go inside... You, what you think is a populated area to go out and actually check it first. Um, other things I've had negative, um, or I guess just not a good response from is uh, newspaper ads. It's just, you know, you, you would think, you know, a thousand people see your, see your message that they're going to call in. But I mean, I just, I've never gotten a strong reaction. Even if I put, you know, free session out on the newspaper, I just think, uh, you know, every, a lot of more people are online now, and if you're going to put a special, it's got to be online. You know, and the newspapers, anything in a classified is almost just brushed over, and I, I wouldn't even put the money in it because, you know, a Facebook ad that cost you $20 and, you know, 2,000 people saw, it wasn't the same as the, you know, New York Times ad you placed for $300 that no one called. Drake, one of my one of my many sales careers prior to being in, in fitness, I was I sold print advertising for a, really? for a yeah. weekly newspaper, and it was a well it was a it was a well read weekly newspaper, and it was a popular one that people you know were were um you, you know they picked it up, and it was you know it was the, people saw the ads, but you talk about client retention, and it was like zero because news print, print newspaper print advertising doesn't work. It doesn't work yes. like at all. Yeah. And it was a hard sell. It was an easy sell the first time around. Like I try and sell like 26 weeks. Like <laughs> you're going to you're going to be in here, you know, for a half a year because I, I, I you know, it was, it was hard because, you know, you really had to work at it. Um, and it, it, it's just, it's just not a, a medium anymore. Really. That's, that's, it's viable for, for advertising for one, but even when it was, and it was kind of the only show in town, you know, being there and, 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 and being established in a certain area was like way more beneficial. Like the sign on the front of your business was, you know, was much more um, attractive or, or, you know, attracting to people than, uh, than a print ad all like every day. It's, yeah. I, it's, you know, um, you know, I asked um, a lot of my clients and then a lot of my friends, parents and everything like that. And, you know, um, I asked them if they used Instagram or Facebook and, you know, almost none of them used Instagram and about half of them used Facebook. So I'm like, okay, so are they still reading the newspaper? And that's what kind of <laughs> brought me brought me to that. But, you know, it made me realize that, you know, there's just more areas to look. you got to look on blogs. 
you got to look on just heavy populated areas where people are, are learning about fitness and questions are getting answered. And you're more likely to make a presence in that community rather than just coming straight out of nowhere on a New York Times ad. Oh, for sure. And you have to work, right? You have to work. You can't just put something somewhere and expect it to, to uh, work for you. You know, you have yeah. to you have to blog. You have to make you know put put posts. And you have to have a you know a steady social media presence, and you have to have podcasts, and you have to you know you kind of have to do all these extra things, um, you know, in order to, to sell yourself. I'm getting anxious yes. as you as you rattle these off. Brian's rattling these off, and all of us are like, <laughs> like I mean, really, this stuff fills your day, and I think um, I think what's really important to remember that I'm going to reiterate with you know to our listeners what what Drake is saying too is that. There is not, you can't just come out of school and be like, I'm going to, hey, I know I have this job. I'm just going to personal train. And this happened to me when I obviously left my last career of teaching and it, it had to evolve. I had to get to a point where I could actually make the jump. So for a lot of, you know, personal trainers, I mean, it seems like Drake, for you, you got to a point where you were like, I can do this full time. Yes. I don't need this other thing where... Some people say, oh, I'm, I'm here I am now that I passed my certification. I'm just going to be a personal trainer. Well, how the hell are you going to do that? Because now you need a client base and now you need to have your, you know, your business page on Facebook. And what is your, what's your logo and where's your, your personal website and where's your, I mean, all of this stuff is super important and it takes forever. Brian, are you living? What are you doing? Oh, all right. He's got his phone out. We're talking social media. I'm like, all of this stuff takes a lot of time and you know, even with the podcast, Brian does a lot of our IT stuff. Like I'm constantly like emailing and, you know, talking to people left and right with scheduling and this and that. Um, I mean, we have a tag team effort here and it's still a hell of a lot of work. And guess I, what? I still at the end of the week look at, look at things and be like, I, you know, I didn't get it all done. And yeah, the pile is still there. And Brian, sure. and you know what? He's Brian still gets mad because, um, because the paycheck doesn't come. Right. So really, what's the podcast? We want to help people. That's really what people in the fitness industry want to do. You genuinely love to help people and you want to see other people live better qualities of life. But you also have to get paid. But you've got to put the work in in order to get your name out there. And that's I think a lot of trainers don't understand that it's not just I I call it 10 percent of glitter and glam and the other 90% is really grit and emails and phone calls and and again your hour personal training hey you know what you might have 10 minutes of that hour where you literally have to talk your client off off a ledge whether they come in with heavy baggage or they you know or they're leaving and they're going back to their job or a bad situation I mean again we're, we're like fitness psychologists and like you were saying, you need to have a certain way to talk to clients and interact. And maybe in the big box gyms, you're going to learn some of that, that real life experience before you're ready to, you know, put that yeah. into practice. Yeah, you definitely, you definitely want to go through a year of that, um, you know, at least, you know, before you make the jump. I feel like, I don't know if you have a Trader Joe's out there, I assume you do. Mm-hmm. I feel like that job... Uh, it really helped me kind of shape uh, what a personal or what a you know customer service experience is. You know how that how the client felt from the very first step they walked into the door. You know were they greeted? 
Were they not greeted? What did they see out on the floor of the gym? Was the gym clean? And, you know, if you just focus on all these little nuances of personal training and polish them throughout the weeks, years, and months, you know, at the end, at the end of it, you're going to have a really nice um, product there that, you know, a customer will go on the Internet about and tell everyone about. And that's where it really comes down to getting the reviews is, you know, producing this experience, getting the review so that other people see the review and then come to, come to you. And that's, you know, what the local following I'm telling you about because, you know, you can you notice see on Instagram and stuff like that that all these competitors, all these personal trainers are online coaches. And it's like, okay, um, but how do you actually get people, you know, to the door of your business? You can get them to maybe email you if they're not, if they're not, but, it, you know, it seems like there's so many online coaches out there, but who can actually, you know, bring bring clients to your doorstep? And that's what's really going to shape your, your your training style too. Is that you know, um, you're going to put the special out there. You're going to see what people are brought to your door, and that that that's your demographic. That's the people that you're going to be training, you know, and seeing most commonly. So definitely, your training style should shape around the demographic that's being brought to your door. What are your thoughts on the online training versus in-person training right now? What are you seeing? What are you seeing out in Chicago? Is there, or even people coming into the field? Are you telling them yes? You need to heavily focus on online training, literally personal training or, or fitness as well. Is it one or the other? Is it both? Where, where, do you, where do you see this right now? I mean, if you're a new personal trainer, I would definitely just focus on the people that are are trying you out then and there um in order to build that online presence it's something that you know i'm not even at yet you know i i, I don't have people emailing me telling me hey what's what's your uh you know give me a training program you know and it's because they can google or go to bodybuilding.com and find any program just like that um but in order to get there you're definitely going to have to build that local following first and, you know, that's that's really what I try and focus on because, um, you know, online coaching can only go so far. You can't really see the people you're working with. You're, you're not, you know, feeling the contraction. You're not touching their body when they're training or seeing the way that, you know, they're doing the exercise. They're just coming to you and telling you that their exercise is good or was it bad. And, you know, I just, I don't feel like there's... Um, enough progress there or it's it's just it's 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 not personal training it's online coaching in a sense so i i just feel like um there is a difference there between personal training and online coaching they're definitely not the same thing so where do you see personal training going where do you i mean what's the what's the future of personal training i see personal training i i think um you know what I'm talking about is eventually going to really catch on and that, you know, I, I want to see this like revolution of personal trainers that are just like, okay, I'm tired of this guy taking 70%. I'm out of here. And I think eventually the big box gyms are going to have to react to that and say, okay, we need to maybe treat guys better or, you know, make, put some better rules out there because, you know, right now big box gyms are just revolving doors and, you know, they, they establish relationships with their trainer, but then, 
they have to go because the gym is just taking too much and you know it's just no no one gets a good experience out of it so that's what i would like to see i mean um the 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 future of personal training i think just relies on how well um a person is able to not only get that person in shape but fix problems that the person came to you with and that's that was partly why i was in uh, rosemont when i first met you christine is that i was just gauging all i was just taking all sorts of different workshops on foam rolling and building up core muscles to kind of bring a better experience for my own clients and i wish that actually we've talked about this a lot brian and i about continuing education about you know a lot of people go out and they get one certification and that's it and I mean, we've, we talked to the top exercise scientists and, you know, in the world and they're yeah. like, this is science and exercise has changed. I mean, the things that I was teaching people to do when I first got into fitness, I'm like, Oh my God, don't ever do it's that. Scary, right? oh my, I'm like, please don't ever <laughs> get out of step with a weight. And then, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, like how fast we were moving and punching. That's what they were teaching. I wasn't doing anything that I wasn't being taught. Continuing and, ed is flawed though. Oh, it's, man. it's flawed. I mean, people people cherry pick. They take the stuff that they're so you used can... to that they can do in their sleep, and they just get it done. And they, you know, it, the 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 continuing of education and educating themselves to you know to branch out and and, and you know be better trainers, I think is kind of lost in the current system of continuing it as but like it is. What what Drake was just saying, and that I do with the SCW and all of the oh, idea, yeah. and that's all what of we these do. Huge, you know, fitness conventions. You're bringing together kind of the best of the best and the you know the the greatest experience that you can have like you were saying Drake you were you were looking at foam rolling and you're looking at you know you had come into uh, my podcast session where we're talking about media and talking about getting the word out there that that's the best type of continuing education not sitting you know online and taking like another read this article about mindfulness and just answer some questions you know yes. really getting hands on and seeing these people I mean even if you're I mean, even if you're taking like a webinar or something online where you're actually the top of the industry, sitting there is just so powerful. And that's, you know, it's always something I tell people. I'm like, it's, it's one thing to get a certification. It's another thing to keep broadening, you know, literally broadening horizons. And what, what else, you know, can you learn and what else can you implement and what's changing in science? Um, I think not, not everyone does that. It's, it's, yeah, I mean, it's, um, it's just something that, you know, I wanted to do personally. I, I felt like, you know, there was a lot I could know, I, I do know, but there's, there's always more you can know, you know, that the, the world of fitness is, is endless in knowledge and it's because it keeps changing, you know, um, the, the, the articles and what, what's been written about fitness was based on, you know, um, test studies done, some of them in like the 60s or 70s. And like this golden rule of fitness is based off this one study that was done on like 12 people in the 70s. And so it only takes, you know, one current day doctor to look back on that study and be like, what the hell's going on here? This is only done on 12 people. And yet it's, the golden rule in fitness to say why, you know, static stretching is the best form of stretching. And that's, that's why it kind of keeps changing because 10 years ago, static stretching was where it's at. But then, you know, because somebody went back and was like, okay, obviously I don't think this is the answer to all my questions and looked back on the old studies and went, wow, you know, static stretching 
it's really not as conclusive as everybody believes it to be. You know, there's another study here that shows, you know, dynamic movement is, is if not, you know, better than static stretching. And, you know, that's why it just keeps changing. And it's up for the personal trainer to listen to those people, you know, finding out those discoveries. So they just don't keep giving you the, the old information, essentially. Absolutely. I can't tell you also how many times, and I think this is just for trainers, and Brian, you've probably done this too, where you write like a kick-ass training for someone, you're going to meet with someone or a client or whatnot, and they get to you, and or it could be even a, like a fitness class or something, and you realize that you know either they don't feel good that day, or you know they're just they're not it's not happening. You know, or hey, yeah. all these brand new people walk in, and I've just literally ripped the paper up and been like, <laughs> "All right, so here's what we're going to be doing today." And I think that that's important for you know personal trainers too. That I'm just thinking about this as you're saying this, how important like these studies have been. And I remember you know first starting a class, and everyone would say, "Oh, just stretch," and like, yeah. and they would be static stretches. I'm like, "Wait, I haven't done anything. I've sat in a chair for four hours. You want me to static stretch? I'm going to break my hamstring off, you know." And now it's this whole dynamic, and all these studies have done, and and I think it's important to be able to see this and change. And you know, you're teaching some old dogs need to learn some new tricks here sometimes. But um, I think that's so important that you know we're getting into these new ideas and looking at the studies and how is something evolving. Um, I think that makes a great trainer too. Oh, absolutely! You have to be adaptable for sure. You never know what's yeah, coming I through really the door. Think that- yeah, that goes back to maybe like the future of personal training is not just putting people on a program, but also teaching people on how to like listen to their bodies. Like, are they too sore to work out? Okay, here's how you can tell from doing that. How are they doing the movement wrong? How does it feel? And just keep, you know, um, keep them aware of their own feedback, basically. You know, okay, it feels like this, then you make this adjustment. And the sooner you can get a person to be aware of, you know, where they should be feeling something and how it should be feeling is, you know, they're going to get a greater scope on things than rather than just, you know, running a program that's, that has no definition behind it. And, and I, th- and I think that a lot of that goes back to, you know, the, the communication and the, you know, the stuff that you brought up with Trader Joe's and how beneficial that job was, you know, to you. And, and, you know, I always say you live by the schedule, you'll die by the schedule. And, uh, you know, you live by the plan, you'll die by the plan, like for sure. Uh, you know, you have to be able to cater to your clients in ways that, you know, okay, your, your, you know, your job is to definitely bring them along, but it's also not, you know, at the, at their own expense. Um, you know, I, honestly, one of the things that we hear all the time from when we have uh, top people on here is, you know, and we've heard it a lot. Is that you know, kids? I don't. I don't want to pick on millennials or anything like that. But I got a lot of gray hair, um, you know, and and uh, they don't know how to communicate well, and they they don't and they don't have the um, the ability to separate themselves from the equation. Meaning, this is why I work out, and this is what I do, and this is how I got to be this way, and this is what we're going to do with you. And and I just think that everything that you're saying, you know, really does make for a great um, trainer. Is to just, you know, listen. Shut your mouth and yeah. listen sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Just, you know, hear what they're talking about, you know, take their feedback in and then shape whatever you're doing around that because, you know, they're, they're paying you for the service. They're not paying you for, you know, to get them in pain 
and, you know, to leave you with some kind of injury. And, you know, usually an injury won't happen if they're telling you feedback and you're, you're learning off of it. So, I mean, the, it's, it's a win-win situation. You get the clients more aware of what they're doing and then your program becomes more safer. I love it. So Drake, what, uh, what's on the horizon for you? So ideally what's the future, what's going on for you specifically? Um, well, um, I, 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 I want to get a really badass website going and, uh, that's, that's, uh, just what I've been doing probably the past three months is, uh, I've been waiting with, uh, you know, a filmer editor and then he's been hand- handling it to my, he's been handing it to my web design guy and I'm really just making, trying to make a library of exercises that define my whole experience as far as the, the workout goes. And by so the way, you are um, you are uh, charging for all of these exercise libraries, correct? No, no. I mean, I'm just going to put them on my website. Uh, you know, you should be charging for your exercises, I sh- correct? I should be charging. I'm just going to tell you that right now. Come on, yeah, man. Um, you can't give away all your goodies. All my goodies, <laughs> all the stuff I learned at SCW. But, yeah. um, <laughs> they say yeah, if you I mean, ain't, if you ain't making dollars, you ain't making sense. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the idea is to just get a library of exercises created and uh, create a following from that. And then, you know, as, you know, let's say more followers come, that's when you would maybe start charging people, maybe put, put these things on an app and make your whole library accessible through an app. That's kind of where I'm looking at. Um, as far as like driving my business locally, we just expanded at the gym that I'm at over in, uh, Chicago. So, I mean, things have been great over here. We were crammed inside this, I think it was like 1200 square feet before, but now it's, it's about 2400 square feet, which is awesome. And, uh, I've just been doing that and I want to say, I've just been growing my team of clients and I've really just been trying to learn as much as I can. Uh, just recently I went to Tampa and I, I, I learned from the prehab guy, Dr. Jacob Harden. Mm-hmm. And I took his two day workshop, um, back two months ago. I, I went for, um, strength, uh, strength camp seminar. So, I mean, I really want to take like maybe a month of slowing down and then probably ramp up another six months of producing that library on my website and hopefully just getting in line with more trainers who want to be helped by me and, you know, growing that side of my business as well. I, I think that that's, that's a really very cool and unique thing. I mean, in a, in a industry where it's really, you know, it can be dog eat dog, you know, the trainers are saying, you know, don't go to that guy, come to the, you know, you got to come to me and it's, it can really be like a, cl- a cutthroat thing for you to offer your expertise to other trainers is, you know, it's just, it's unique and uh, you know, I I like it a lot. I think it's something that uh, that that the industry needs is a little bit more you know togetherness uh, in certain ways. You know, why why can't we all help each other out? You know, like we said, we skinned our knees enough to where we can you know use that to some good for some good. Um, you know, I just think that it's a, a really cool thing that um, and and unique. You know, I, I don't think that that there are many trainers out there that would put themselves in that position um, that you're doing. So bravo. Thank you guys, and you know, thanks for having me on. I wouldn't be able to help people if you guys didn't have me on for the show. So, 
Um, you know, thanks for being so easy to talk to. Uh, messaging you guys, you get messaging you guys, and telling you the whole idea. You guys were really supportive the whole time, so you know, I appreciate it. Of course. Um, do me a favor, Drake. Tell our listeners where they can find you, where you know information, because we'll obviously post that on our social media platforms as well, and we'll give you links to the episode for you to blast out and have people, you know, get on the uh, podcast and download and like it so where can everyone um contact you um everyone can contact me at my website www.bodybydrakellc.com or they can just google body by drake personal training they can get a whole virtual tour of my gym right through doing that through google um and then they can also just reach me on my phone which is on the website as well awesome drake it has been an absolute pleasure. It was wonderful reconnecting with you as well. And, um, and thanks for coming to us from your car. Yeah. It's, you yeah, know, yeah. home office for money. This is what, <laughs> this is what I do. Absolutely, it's like, guys. It's like it my was dinner, a lot of fun. dinner table I was, sometimes. I was really nervous about this, but, you know, it was, it was a lot of fun. Uh, always, always. Well, pleasure speaking to you. And uh, good luck. Good luck with everything. Keep us posted and come back and talk to us again. Awesome. I will do that. Keep in touch, guys. All right. And with that said, my name is Christine Conti. And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are two fit crazies. In the microphone. We are where it's at. Peace.